we're starting today. We are not going to finish this today, uh, and then we'll go into next week. It is what we have been talking about. Uh, oh, I do want to do this. I want to appreciate our volunteers on this campus, because we had an appreciation dinner a few weeks ago uh, for those volunteers that are giving their time and energy to help us fulfill God's mission here, because we can't do it without you. But I want to say thank you in the pastoral staff. Say thank you to our volunteers in front of our entire church community, please. So thank you very much. We appreciate you. And uh, we're always looking for more help. That's not a plug, but it's a plug. So, But yeah, be part of those teams that are going on. All right, what we talked about, and I guess at the Appreciation Bank, I talked about more about the theme for 2024, knowing God more in 2024. After I said this at the Appreciation Bank, somebody came up and said, I didn't know you were Buster Rhymes. You were rhyming. And I didn't realize that. Shows you my gift that I don't have. So we should know God more in 2023. We should know God more in 2022. And we should know God more in 2025 and the years above and above. But I think what God is calling us into this year as a church community to laser in focus that as individuals and a community as a whole, we want to know God more. We need to know God more. The world is getting darker out there. But let me, I, I correct this. I was speaking somewhere a few weeks ago, and I correct myself. When I say the world's getting darker, we have to remember those, that darkness is a shield behind hurting people. So let's not stereotype and get on and comment that darkness is something. No, we're called into the darkness because you are the light. And we need to know God more and more in these desperate times that people have to know and find God in our personal lives. So here's the anchor two things for the, the today and Sunday. The anchor truth is no matter where we are in our relationship with God through Christ, we can always have, no matter where you are, always have an opportunity to know God more. Know him on a rainy day. Know him on a sunny day. Know when you have money in your wallet and you don't have money in your wallet. Every opportunity, every situation you're in is an opportunity to know God more. Our anchor scripture, and there's so much here, and I'm just going to go through quickly, is John, excuse me with my voice a little bit, John 17, 3. John 17 is so, I mean, it's all powerful, the New Testament. But this is such a key chapter because Jesus, our Savior and King, is praying to his father. They just finished the Passover, and he knows the road to Calvary is coming very soon. And he's praying to his father to say, in, in, my, in your name, God, I am bestowing giving glory to you to give glory to me. And through my glory, I'm making a quick, quick thing here. We could really dwell on this a lot. I want my people to benefit that you've put in front of me. That's a paraphrase of John 17. But here's a key anchor scripture about knowing him. And here's this Christmas tree. It's so pretty, but I got to come down here. And this is the way to have eternal life. And this is the way. The way is present tense in your very moment in your life. It's now. It's not yesterday. Don't worry about that. You can't control that anymore. It's now. The way is present tense. The way Jesus was describing this and the disciples were hearing that. To have eternal life. 
eternal life, we immediately think, and I think our consumer Christianity has talked about eternal life means when I die, sweet by and by. It is. But Jesus' context is not talking that it's only when I die, if I accept Jesus in my life and I don't have eternal death. I have physical death, not eternal death. Boy, I don't preach down here much. Hang on, guys. I don't have eternal death. I, I, don't, I have physical death. I don't have eternal death, but I have eternal life with heaven and God. He's also talking. Imagine if our church could get this in every church. And I'm guilty of this too. I'm growing in it. Imagine if he meant eternal life was talking about in God reality now. So I don't just get saved and sit back and come to church and wait until I die. He was, Jesus was talking about eternal life now. And he goes on to back what I'm saying up. To know you. I don't need to know God in heaven. I'll be fully in his presence. To know you now, the only true God and Jesus Christ, the one you sent to earth. So powerful that Jesus is implementing. It's so important for us to know him now. And part of our eternal life is how we're executing and living this journey out following Christ. Now, it's God reality. It's heaven coming down into your life now. Amen? Amen. But if a church knows that, man, we can transform things around us in love. So I know when I say this, so our, our, theme is, our theme is knowing God more. So there's three different things. One is you do not know God at all because you don't have a relationship with him. And that's okay. We can pray after service. God wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to commune with you. Second person listening to this, and no condemnation, but I'm stepping on some toes because I've been there too. Second reaction to when I say knowing God more is one of some of you say, oh boy, I stepped on a communion cup. Um, <laughs> second, you may say, is like, oh my gosh, how can I make more time to know God more? My life's already busy. First of all, you can never make time. We talked about that. You're not God. So you need to manage time. So in managing your time, how can I know God more? I would simply say this in a loving way. You haven't even tasted and see that the Lord's good yet in your life of Psalm 37. Because when you taste and see that the Lord is good, you want to know more of him. No condemnation, just conviction. We're all somewhere. We need to start learning. So if you come to church and you've been faithful, but you're only, I won't get in that yet, but if you, will, if you think it's going to cost more of your time to know God more, you're asking the wrong questions or having the wrong reaction. I look at it as this. Some of you may think when I say learn, know God more, that you're in a swimming pool and you have a, a, a shallow end at two feet and you have a deep end at 10 feet. And you say, for me to know God more, in our limited humanity of thinking, I have to get to the 10 feet. I would propose this canvas to paint in your mind. I'm standing on the shoreline at a beach. I don't want to lose you. I know it's getting winter, nice warm beach. But we're standing at a shoreline of the beach. And for me to know God more, I have no idea how deep it is. But I know if I keep going, I'm going to get more and more of him and keep going towards what he's calling me to do. Does that make sense? I'm standing at the shore. Just walk forward, step out, get involved. Because there's many of you now when I'm talking, you are have a great relationship with God. But he's asking you to come more and more into that water. Because there's far more than we'll ever, never be able to discover while we're still on earth. 
but you need to go forward in that. Many of you know him. And again, many of it is because we just get settled in our motions. We come to church Sunday and but, but getting to know him more, this church is important. It's Sunday. I'm not going to talk myself out of a job. Church is important. But knowing him more is going to happen more outside of these walls than inside. We have great worship team, great preaching. But does that make sense? You're going to know more of God on your individual own time that you do this. I, I need to talk quickly about this. We talk about religion. Religion, and I've always downplayed it, but I want to be specific because we're talking about nuts and bolts right here about knowing God more. Religion itself from an individual level is not bad. Religion simply is believing in something greater than myself, superhuman is one, I think, Merriam Dictionary says, or Webster Dictionary, superhuman. I believe in something greater than myself. Well, God qualifies for something greater than myself, Right? Superhuman, superhuman, you define that as just simply somebody that's some being that's not human is divine. God is divine. So religion itself is not bad in my individual life. I believe in something greater than myself. But here's what the enemy has put in the court and played for so long. When organized religion gets together, just like the Pharisees in the days of Jesus, they begin to put God in a box and try and control that and make accountability for what we do instead of who we're becoming to know. Big difference. So now you have religions that are, are, are accountable to doing things and they lose sight of who we need to become, more like Jesus. Fine line, but they'll, they'll take two different routes. And at FCC, we want people to become more like Jesus. So as more people continue to come into our church, and we may do things a little different way than we didn't do back in 1982. We've never done that before. If the heart of everything's right, it's not in all much what we do, but it's who we're becoming to believe in more and more. The other thing religion has done, oh boy, I got to talk. The other thing religion has done is almost made a, a, a museum showcase of the word belief. So I believe, these are nuts and bolts. We're getting to God, know God more. Follow me still. I believe, therefore, everything, because I believe, is in agreement with God and what I do. And, and organized religion can build a a museum showcase of that word belief. And we have even in our faith and Christian communities too. But belief is something that's part of you. It's not something you hang on a wall. Belief is something that you, you is a verb. It's, it, it, makes, it requires action if you're learning to know God more and becoming a follower of Christ. Does that make sense? Because I remember when COVID we had this, everybody believed about something. Well, what, show me the action to your belief. We can't just rest in our belief because then it becomes ecocentric about what I'm doing. Careful, that's organized religion. I'm believing. So those are the nuts and bolts of knowing God more. That we want religion. We want that word in our life of believing something greater than ourselves. But we're not talking about when we say organized religion, we don't want to create something bigger than itself that's trying to be bigger than God because it's not. At the end of the day, what should lead you to knowing more God, leading you more, that's all, folks, 
leading to know more about God and your relationship going deeper is all about how much you begin to understand how much you are loved. Some would say, yeah, I understand. No, no, when you begin to touch and receive God's love for you, it draws you closer and closer into those deeper depths to knowing God more. Quickly, there's some ingredients that we'll be talking about in the coming year as well too. Knowing God more, it requires decision and discipline. If those two things work together, you will begin to know God more. We made the decision, many of you in this room, to accept Christ into our lives. But there becomes a gap if we don't decide there's some discipline that has to become into that deciding to begin to follow Christ. Uh, Happy New Year. There are going to be many people that said the sinner's prayer that are not going to be in heaven. What's the alternative? It's more than the prayer. That's a beginning, starting point of an acceptance, making the decision. A commitment has to come behind it. And that gets sustained. Amen, Pastor. That gets sustained by discipline. Discipline. Self-discipline. Self-discipline. There's so many, but, but we, can, we can fear this at times because a decision may mean that I can't fulfill that decision. So why bother? Which you made a decision then, not to do whatever it is. A self-discipline, I may fail. Why even try? We get New Year's resolutions that start happening about now. And they last to the end of January or something further than that. Discipline. You see, uh, I get, I'm going to peel on your emotions a little bit, and it's hitting me too. Remember a guy named Tom Brady? I know. About now, I know I'm kind of rubbing it in. The salt in the wounds. Tom Brady did not get to be the goat by accident. He didn't just come out on the football field, I have this gifting, and threw the ball. He had to make a decision that he wanted to be the greatest quarterback of all time. There had to be a commitment somewhere. And then the discipline, self-discipline, had to come behind that. Michael Jordan didn't just fall into a basketball. He made decisions and commitments and self-discipline to become one of the greatest basketball players at all. Pastor Curtis, I don't care about sports. All right, well, let's talk about some preachers and people that we will recognize and having to do with more spiritual and eternal things. How about Billy Graham? I don't think casually he just said, I'll become a preacher someday. He made the decision and followed the call of his life, but during the call he had to make some disciplines to get to where he was. How about Kenneth E. Hagan, our founding pastor, came from his school and others pastors here as well, our father of faith. He didn't just stumble into being a father of modern faith for us to learn faith about faith and how he taught it and created it and healing and different things like that. That didn't happen by accident. He had to make a decision. He knew he was called, and then he followed a self-discipline. How about Smith Wigglesworth, if you've ever heard of him? God used him to raise some people from the dead. And guess what? This isn't New Testament. He lived from 1894 to like 1940s. This happened in modern times. He made a decision that God's calling him to do something and had a discipline 
to follow it out. And look what happened. He changed many lives and many miracles. God worked through him. He did not create the miracle. And he would be the first to say that himself. So, Pastor, what are you trying to say? Here's the point. If you make a decision, I'm wanting to go God more starting today, going into 2024, and you're ready for whatever discipline it takes, trust me, the people I just talked about, eventually that discipline becomes desire. The discipline converts to desire where I want nothing more, what I said earlier, nothing more than you, God, whatever it takes for me to know more of you. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see. Taste and see. Taste and see. But it starts with decision and then discipline. A gentleman named Jim Whitaker said, you can never really conquer the mountain. You can only conquer yourself. We sing about victory a lot. Most of the victory is over ourselves. Self-decision, discipline. Amen, pastor. Woo. Timothy even talks about self-discipline in 2 Timothy 1.7, who's leading a church in Timothy and encouraging them to stir up the gifts and do all these things and to fulfill Christ's call on their lives. He said, for spiritual God gave us, does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. So the Spirit of God will continue to carry you in self-discipline when you begin to surrender to more to Him. Pastor, I don't like surrender and I like control. See how that goes for a while. But I'm talking about surrendering where freedom begins to manifest in your life. A freedom above anything, above a Fox News report or CNN. I'm not saying put your head in the sand. But I'm not affected by those because I'm a living freedom in Christ of what he's done for me in living that. I'm moving along here. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Oh, here's another great thing if you can have self-discipline. Ephesians, can you put Ephesians up? I don't even remember what it was. I gave you Ephesians, didn't I? Oh, this is good. So Paul's talking about this, uh, talking about decision and self-discipline. Therefore, I am a prisoner for serving the Lord. Beg you to leave a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God. We've been talking about that. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Ooh, challenges here. Making allowances for each other. Faults because of your love. Faults because you're going to make every effort to keep yourselves. Here's what I want to get to. When we create, make a decision and create discipline in our lives, unity begins to form as well too. Keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one spirit, just as you've been called to one glorious hope for the future. That's fine on there. So if we become make disciples, excuse me, we make the decision, get discipline in our life to know God more, the fruits of it is there's a fragrance of unity that begins to form in our lives. Unity is a powerful thing. It really is, and I sense it here many times. It's beautiful to see what God's doing. So decisions and discipline, we'll leave that alone because you guys weren't too excited about this. Here's another thing about knowing God more. When you begin to know God more, you hear the voice of truth. There's many voices out there. And nowadays, they, they, they get on earth and, and incubated from people's just opinions. And then those opinions turn into their self-guided truth. Mm, calamities around the corner. 
Self-guided truth. So then I can redefine things. I'm not prophesying. Read the paper tomorrow. That's dangerous. But we as Christians, if we begin to know God more in the darkness and hurting of people, we can hear the voice of truth clearer and clearer and clearer. It's going to be so important nowadays because there's going to be everybody with, and Paul talked about it, every wind of doctrine, every different thing going on, just in the church, let alone on Fox News or CNN or whatever all these outlets are that we put, whatever. So you need to hear the voice of truth in these days. Well, that comes only by knowing God more. Jesus was very clear. My sheep hear my voice. Here's one good thing. Here's one, we know this, but we need to digest it over and over again. God will rarely talk over you. So if Jesus was saying, my sheep, ah, hear my voice. How can you hear what Jesus was saying? You're too busy going, bah, talking too much. We need to listen for the voice of truth. We talk too much sometimes. Mark Twain said this, if we were designed to talk more than we listen, we'd have two mouths and one ear. So we've been designed to listen, right? And I would encourage you too, I don't have the time to get into all this, all this voice of truth. So we're going to pick this up next week. So next week what we are going to do is we'll, we'll finish up with voice of truth, which is so important. Then I want to talk about... Um, the possibility of if we're getting to know God more, we should have some output from our input. Some of you just do inputs and consume. We're going to talk about cultivate, outputs. Another thing is that we need to lead, be led and lead by his love alone. And that's how we'll know more of God. Amen? We're going to do communion right now because I'm trying to get you guys out by 10.50 so you at least can hang out for five minutes in the foyer or more. All right, so let's stand up. Let's do communion. Everybody who doesn't have a cup, this is an amazing time as we say bye-bye to 2023. For some, it's been hard, 2023, as the worship team alluded to too, but we have so much to be thankful for, right? Thankful for of where we are now. There's so many things that have gone on in 2003 outside of our control. A continued war in Ukraine, the Gaza conflict, which we'll pray over to as well right now in a few minutes. There's so many things going on. And then never mind your personal lives if you found loss this year or whatever. But I would encourage you, come along with us as a church community to press in and know God more. Not every message in 2024 will be about knowing God more, but I trust the Holy Spirit between our pastoral team and our guest speakers. There's going to be a fragrance of leading us to knowing God more no matter what is being said because we've heard that God wants us to draw in. James was very clear. Simple thing. Draw closer to God and he'll draw closer to you. Know God more. He's waiting for this relationship with you. But what better way to just start this new year? I know it's in a few hours, but of having communion. We practice open communion. We ask that you at least know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. 
Uh, but this is an open communion that we take. And, and just, this is a time of being somber. It's not a ritual. That's why we don't do this every week, because it can become ritualistic. So come together right now as a church community in this. You know, Jesus, again, like we're talking about Jesus uh, in uh, John 17, you know, his last days before he went to the cross, he was with his disciples, and he broke bread with them, and that's what we're about to do. And the key was to bring remembrance and then be enlightened to what is ahead because of his death. And we do that and honor that right now as we do. In Matthew 26, 26 through 28, Jesus was saying as they were eating, Jesus took some bread and he blessed it. Take that element, your bread out. You guys know they're all hidden together in the same thing. He blessed it. Then he broke it into pieces and gave it to his disciples saying, take this and eat it. This is my body. Think of that. The disciples didn't know everything of what he meant by that right there, but they had faith in what he was saying to follow him in this. Jesus died for you and I. I know that. He wore a a crown on his head that wasn't his. It was thorns, bleeding. His body was bleeding. The lashes that were whipped on his back. I want to get graphic. Blood came out of that. Not for his ministry, but for you and I. Because he loved us and knew he had to go to the cross for us. To give us this eternal life he talked about. But it was a gruesome thing he had to go through. And then he took the cup of wine and gave thanks for it. He gave it to them and said, Each of you drink from it, for this is my blood, which confirms, and thank the Lord, the covenant, the new covenant between God and his people. And it's poured out as a sacrifice to forgive the sins of many. The blood was shed. So we have a new covenant. We don't live by the Old Testament. We live by the what Christ did on the cross for us so we can walk in freedom and have that eternal life. I want you to think of somebody in your life that doesn't know of this new covenant right now. Just put them in your mind and we're going to pray right now. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this amazing opportunity. To honor you for what you did in our lives getting beaten for us, shedding your blood as a sacrifice for us so that we have a new covenant, not just for us in this room, but for many that need to hear that too. And we just thank you and worship you for all of that. And we are so expected for 2014 that you're leading us to know you more and the amazing things you have ahead for us in our lives. Restoration is a word I continue to hear right now. Restoration. Thank you for the blood and the body of what you did. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Take of the bread and the wine. Not wine, sorry. (laughs) The juice. Thank you, Father. Wow, amazing. There'll be buckets on the way out where you can put these elements in. We wanted to do one more quick thing. Uh, Pastors, the team, can you come up? So a few weeks ago, we asked of anybody in our church community if they 
wanted to, that they were believing for something in 2024 to write it on a prayer card and that we were going to pray about it today. This is not a, I, I, we, we want to do this in front of you. I'm going to have the pastor team come up, but I, I want to do this in front of you because you are a part of this believing. Yes, please. And by the way, and that's a whole other message right now, but Anytime anybody, when I'm preaching or any of the pastors, if you need to come to the altar and repent while we're preaching, interrupt us. It's not an interruption. It's God moving. If it's done right and in order. So come up at any time in 2024 to kneel, worship, whatever. Again, if it's led by God, it will be done in decency and order. Amen? Amen. But we don't want to restrict the altar from our wonderful people in our church community. So we want to pray over these, and we're going to sing a very powerful song. It's been the anthem of today, the goodness of God. And as we're doing this, can you just hand these out to the pastors, and I'll keep some for me. They're going to, I'm going to say a general prayer, and then we're, they're going to pray over these cards as we're singing the song. So please, for you in the, the you know, sitting out there right now, be a participant. Sing, sing, sing the song, but also agree with for God's will to be done in what we're praying over. It's that intense. Lord, I want your will to be done for these prayer cards. So believe that as we're doing this. It's going to take maybe four minutes. So don't be a spectator. Worship and just pray as we begin to do this. And the pastors are going to be praying over this card. Let me just quickly. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the people you've brought to us in your church community here, Lord. These are your people, sons and daughters. Children of God, Lord, and you love them so very much. Lord, they come requesting for you to move in their life in certain ways, Lord. And as we glorify you, your will will be done in these prayer requests and in our lives. Where restoration needs to happen, it will happen in 2024. Where healing needs to happen, it will happen in 2024. Where job promotions financial needs and breakthroughs they will happen in 2024 as we all submit ourselves to your will in our lives in jesus name we pray amen thank you